Welcome to Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We have a great show for you today, folks. We have a great show for you. We're going to start with an uh, important guest, Greg Palace. Greg Palace will be calling in shortly so that we can discuss exactly what is happening in Atlanta. Greg Palace is the author, producer, whatever of the a new, new documentary called Vigilante, where he's going to discuss all these things that's been occurring in Georgia, voter suppression, voter annihilation, all these different things we're going to talk about. But the show today is also about debt, interest rates, the Constitution, and us. So title of the show today is Debt, Interest Rates, the Constitution, and Us. Uh, folks, I want you to first listen to Greg, but while we try to get Greg on the phone, or Greg is supposed to be calling in, let me, let me go ahead and tell him that he can call in now, and, um, because this is going to be an important piece, folks. This is going to be an important piece, folks, uh, because as you know, as it turns out, uh, the Georgia elections, we know things have occurred in Georgia that people think it's all okay. The lines are long. Not only are the lines long, but it seems like they're long in the districts where Warnock should win. But the question is, would it occur? Will it occur? Well, the type of suppression that Greg Palace has come across, it's actually going to cause a big issue. It actually is going to cause a big issue. So um, anyhow, folks, let's go ahead and get started with the call. How was your weekend? I had a great weekend. I had a whole lot occurring. We went ahead and did a whole lot of uh, writing this weekend as well. You know, on my way to Cape to KPFT today, and, and, and by the way, I'm waiting for Greg to call in. So before I get into the subject, I want to go ahead and tell you guys a little quick story. As you guys know, I'm from Panama, Central America. And I, I've been to Fiesta before, but hadn't been in about three years or so. So I'm driving into KPFT, and I see the Fiesta sign, and I said, you know, I needed some coconut milk, something that a staple that we use quite often in Panama. And I'm, I said, let me go ahead and stop at the store. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Walked into Fiesta and the feeling, the smells and everything. I was back home. It was great getting the coconut milk. It was great getting the, 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 the duromante. It was great getting all these little pieces. Folks, I had a ball. I called my daughter from the store and I said, I forgot all this stuff was here. I forgot all of this stuff was here. But anyhow, um, so I went in there, bought a whole lot of stuff. I had some cold stuff to buy as well, but I couldn't do it. Why couldn't I do it? Because I forgot to take in something to keep it cold. Anyhow, as we wait for, um, let's see if I can, yeah, as we wait for him, I just sent him a text. Uh, and as soon as he comes on, we'll be ready to go. We are waiting we are waiting, Greg. We are waiting. Anyhow, I may have to go to the second subject first, and then when he calls in, we talk about it. Okay, so the title of the show today is Debt, Interest Rates, the Constitution, and Us. Greg Palace on Georgia Race, Voter Suppression. I woke up this morning with interest rates on my mind. You know, um, all of us have maybe a few credit card bills, maybe a few uh, student loan bills, maybe a few, uh, what, what do they call it, home improvement loan bills, etc. And with the, with the Feds starting to raise rates at 0.7% rates almost every month or so, these bills that you were used to skyrocketed to a very high rate. Over this weekend, 
you know, the first weekend of every, the first Saturday of every month, I run a Zoom called Ask Egberto Anything. So all those who are listeners to Politics Done Right, they would go ahead and they'll Zoom on, they'll Zoom us. We'll talk for, you know, for one hour. And I have a whole lot of people that come into the program, come into the show, and, you know, we get, we get good dis- discussions. This week was disheartening because it turns out, and folks, I just put the chat up. So if you guys put anything in the chat, I forgot to get the chat started at the right time. So if you put something, I would have missed it. So go ahead and put it in again into the chat. Uh, so we had a caller in from, or rather one of, our, one of our listeners who's in Barcelona, Spain. She came on and she started to say, you know, the same thing that's happening in America right now is happening here in Barcelona, Spain. What's happening? They are raising the rates. And because most people or a lot of people don't have fixed rate mortgages, what it turns out to be is a huge burden on them. As these interest rates go up 0.75% or 75% as they go on, it's, it, it's ridiculous. It's blasphemous what's going on. Well, that blasphemous is the wrong word. But anyhow, so she complained about what's happening to her family with all these rates, uh, all these rates going on. Anyhow, uh, we went ahead and we had the discussion on interest rates and talking about how this is affecting everybody. And then I got into thinking about it. Like I said, I woke up with it on my mind. Why is it affecting us? Why are we paying the price? So I said, uh, I woke up this morning with interest rates on my mind, and it is concerning how one can intertwine these issues into the reality few have been conditioned to see. In, In the schools in Panama and several worldwide, We learned Panamanian history. We learned the United States history. We learned world history. There was no choice. We had to learn all of that. Something that I've noticed for some time isn't done here in the United States. To this day, I remember memorizing the nine provinces of Panama, now 10, the capitals of every country, and the 50 states of the United States, among many other international subjects. As I spoke to Steve, Steve uh, here, in, in, who has a You Talk show, uh, I told him, you know, it was funny because when I took my naturalization test to become a United States citizen, it was interesting because I didn't have to read all the material that they gave you that says you need to read this because we were already abreast of the entire history of the United States. I still remember that I learned of the greatness of the United States Constitution. Again, even in Panama, where there was a sovereignty issue with the United States over the Canal Zone, we learned that, we learned that. We learned about the Constitution, we learned about all these issues. And by the way, I forgot to give you the number, 713. 526-5738. I'm taking calls, and in fact, I'm taking calls right now. 713-526-5738. Please hit the number 2 to to get in. Uh, 713-526-5738. As I said now, again, even in Panama, where there was a sovereignty issue with the United States over the canal zone, we learned, we learned of the greatness of the Constitution. We learned of all these things, right? I joined the board of Move to Amend, an organization committed to ensuring that money is not defined as speech and that corporations are no longer treated as people. Many people don't realize that. You are a human being with a social security number, But you know, corporations have a unique number as well that defines them. They are an entity like a human being that pays taxes. They're an entity like a human being that can do a whole lot of things. We've defined corporations as entities, as humans, if you will. Not quite humans, but kind of like humans. In fact, I would, I would, I would wager that they are more, they have more rights than human beings because they can spend as much money as they want on any politicians that they want. They can, do, uh, they, can, they can do so much 
that the individual American citizen can't. And in so doing, gives them so much more power. A lot of people don't realize that. You have a social security number, a corporation has an EIN number, a corporations have all these other things that makes them a unique entity, a unique entity in the, in the law of our land, in our constitution, etc. even though the constitution doesn't specifically talk about com- corporations being people. But it happens, all right? It happens. Anyhow, um, I joined Move to Amend, uh, that organization committed to doing that. And I met a young man. His name was David Cobb. He was one of the founders and board members of the organization and a former Green Party presidential candidate. And he had a whole lot to say about the Constitution. But since I have a caller that's ready to go, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and take Ray, and then we'll continue. Ray, come on in. Ray, you're on. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, sir. How you doing, Ray? Okay. Uh, good, man. Good to join you again one of these glorious afternoons. Absolutely, my, my friend. Talk to me. So, yeah, um, actually, I just want to kind of piggyback off what you were going to start your conversation on because I, again, uh, I represent the population that is, you know, suffering directly from these particular issues. Mm-hmm. As I recall, when I first started my job back in 2014, I had a credit card and the interest rates were pretty manageable. But then when Trump took over, I noticed that kind of went out of whack and it became unmanageable. So therefore, the wage that I was earning was not able to keep up with the debt that I was collecting. And therefore, I'm in a, in a situation where my debt has overtaken what my wage raise has mm-hmm. given me. So a lot of people are probably in my situation when they finally got a raise, they're overtaken with all the debt because of the higher interest rates. And that wasn't the case because back when Obama was president, we had a stronger Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, and you may be able to elaborate on that. Well, yeah, they, 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 they tried their best. They tried their best to eliminate that bureau that you remember was actually the, the baby child of uh, Elizabeth Warren uh, when she yeah. uh, really wanted to ensure that, that uh, creditors didn't take advantage of us. Of course, we know now that creditors are doing just that. And, but it's not only the creditors that are taking advantage of us, but it's also with the, what the Treasury has done in raising interest rates. And I, I'm going to talk about that a little bit later because what you're talking about is so important that you know, people got themselves into a steady state. They got their, themselves unemployed. Employed. They got themselves with a budget. And, and, and they did everything that was right. The corporations didn't. And we're going to go into some of the specifics a bit later. But the corporations sold us out. Well, they didn't sell us out. They just continue to rip us off. And people get tired sometimes of hearing, well, you're always talking about a corporation doing this. They employ a lot of people. They don't do it for their benefit, Ray. They do it. But they are ripping us off. Yes, they are. Yes, they're ripping us off. And we're going to go into detail on how they actually do it constitutionally. And in fact, they use the Constitution to, 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 uh, to continue the, pilfer, the pilfering. And that is what we're going to talk about. The order, uh, but we're, we're, we're going to get there as soon as I get over a few incidentals that I want to kind of prime folks about uh, stuff that David Cobb, a friend of mine who ran for, vi- for president, on the, under the Green Party. If you look up David Cobb on Wikipedia, you can find out a little bit about what, what he was into. But uh, anything else you want to add, Ray? Oh, yeah. Uh, separately on that note with the corporations, I had a friend tell me if I get an LLC, I, I would probably be able to get more rights as a person, you know, opening a corporation than He's an individual. He's right. So, Let's give a classic example. I'll give you a classic example, Ray, and I think I used that earlier. If you you owe a student loan, you cannot get from under that. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, 
to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Debt. Even bankruptcy, it's problematic to get from under that student loan debt. Why? Because the corporations legally paid, well, they, 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 I say legally paid their politicians to make that type of debt different than debt that corporations would have, which they can discharge through chapter 7 or chapter 11 or, well, chapter 7 mostly bankruptcy. Okay? So um, your friend is absolutely correct. We have, we have made it such that the business class can take advantage of a lot of financial issues where the average American citizen, they just have to lose their... Let's give another example. If you are sick and you have to get Medicaid in, let's say, Texas or other places, right? You have to show that you are, you are destitute. You have to get rid of all your assets first before you would get any sort of aid. But a corporation, if they file for bankruptcy, they can continue operating. They can, can continue doing a whole lot of things that you as a, as a citizen of the United States cannot do. Yes, your friend is absolutely right. They, they cater these into all types of laws, but it is, again, done under the sanction of what's constitutionally correct or what our, our judges and our Supreme Courts deal constitutional, uh, constitutionally legal. Yes, sir. Right. And, and to your fact, and I'm going to leave on this, if, if I could make my America a utopia... A person can join a business class if they want to, but you shouldn't feel like it's a necessity as survival, in my case. Exactly. In other words, freedom, liberty should mean you can be a free, a free citizen and enjoy the spoils and actually live to the preamble of the Constitution. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, and what does it guarantee again? Tranquility, guarantees, I forgot the whole phrase, but you know what I'm talking about, prosperity and... It, it, it guarantees for the happiness. working class specifically. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so kindly for calling, Ray. Thanks, brother. You have a good one. Anyway, uh, Ray was prescient. Um, West Brain says, "Resist credit cards. Do not use them. Rip them up." According to West Brain. West, before I finish this, the the, the um, newsletter, I want to say this. I, I, that's a good advice to give people, right? Uh, there was a time that I got all of my credit cards all the way down. I'm talking personally now that I got my credit cards down all the way to zero. And things happened, you know, uh, daughter with a stroke, had to fly several times to D.C. You know, what, what we do here makes doesn't really make any money per se. So um, a lot of people, a lot of Americans, that's their only choice. And I understand for those who says minimize your use of credit cards. There are now people buying their groceries on credit cards. I don't think there are a lot of people who understand the pain that many Americans are going through. A lot of times we live in places like Houston, etc., where things are a bit better. But even our brothers and sisters in rural communities right now, where, where, where they have issues with uh, hospitals closing, where they have issues with their pain for that fertilizer to form their lands. And they, the, the, the chemical companies don't care. And, and they, these farmers have nothing, they have no choice but to take out balloon loans and all these things, right? And then we have the people who they trust telling them it's those people in the city's fault. We have to get around all of that and we have to be out there telling the truth. We are in an existential state for many Americans right now. And we, it is imperative right now that we start giving folks and letting them know where the blame lies. It is our job. West Brain says a cookie jar savings is an alternative and a way to beat the corporate credit cards. Hard? Yes. Impossible? No. You're absolutely right, Mr. Brain. But again, like I said, there are some people who have no recourse at this point in time where the credit cards were the only option at that particular time. So a little bit of grace for those who are going through that scenario right now. Eric Hay says, just don't get robbed. We try our best not to get robbed. Let's go ahead and get David on the line. David, how are you doing today? 
I'm finding. Where do I heard you mention the name David Lee Cobb? Yes, David Cobb. David Cobb's you know a friend I, of mine. Let me tell you something that I heard him say. Mm-hmm. I thought about it and I couldn't remember the whole thing, but then it, I finally got figured out what it was. He said, do not confuse consumer choice with political power. Exactly. That is exactly this, right. Can I make one more thing? Uh, how should I say? And bring it to your attention. I had an argument one time with a person that I, a friend of mine, and well, no one didn't necessarily an argument. It was a discussion, but we had a disagreement. I used the term "caste" uh-huh. to describe. You called you said something about class, right? Business class. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what the difference between a class and a caste is? I think caste has to do more with a physical features and a, a state in life, right? No, a, a, a class is a social construct. Okay. Where, where let's say, uh, like in uh, middle, lower middle and upper classes. Okay. And, it, and, and one of the features about a class is that you might be able to elevate yourself oh, from okay, one class you. to another. Yes. Whereas a caste, a caste is established by law. Oh, got you. Slavery is a caste. It was established by law. If you're a slave, you couldn't unslave yourself. Right, right. Because the thing is, so like in India, if you are in India and you're a Dalit, you can't become a Brahmin. You right. You're born into a caste, and you can't unborn yourself. You can't be, you know, I know there's this thing in the Bible where Jesus said, in order of the, if you want to enter the kingdom of God, you must be born again. Well, you know, we don't get, we don't have that luxury here. I am glad you said that story, David, because there's one point that I want to add to that, right? Because in one of my books, I think it's, uh, I don't remember, I think it's in the, in the how to make, I mean, how to make America utopia. I think it's a book that I placed that said this, and it has to do with sort of that cast uh, nomenclature that you're using there. And it, and it goes this way. And that is, um, while we have a class system, we are turning it into a caste where all of us will have no option but to be in in indentured servitude. If you look at how the pie is expanding and who is getting that expansion of the pie, near totality of that pie, eventually that will be a caste. There's no way to grow out of that. As you mentioned before, there would be no way to grow out of that. And in fact, there is one part where we go ahead and we mention that um, as it stands today, we don't have a meritocracy. When you talk about class and moving up from one class to the next, meritocracy allows one to move from one class to the next. As you improve on yourself, you merit better and you go up there and, and you, can, you can grow. However, what happens then is if you don't, if, you, if, if you're forced, if you don't have a meritocracy, if, if it's based on the chosen, and I contend in one of my books that America is based on being chosen uh, to be in a particular class, that higher class. And if you take a look at how all the folks that are currently in these bigger positions, they were chosen. And how were they chosen? Not only by saying, I choose you, but I make this type of capital through venture capitals available to you, but not you. But anyway, thank you very much for calling in, David. That's part of the caste system. Yes. And, and this is what it boils down to. You know, when it comes to, for instance, you, you, I'm, it, it, I'm not sure if you like to be a billionaire or not, but the fact of the matter is you can't be. I, I don't said, want to be, nor would I be well, able to be. Yes, you're right. Well, well, see, that's one thing you said on one of your shows, one of your previous programs. You were talking about how, how if you, even if you wanted to be, you couldn't because you're where people who who achieve that are invited in. Exactly. And and when I heard you say that, I, I said, I said, oh, he's talking about a caste system. Yes. Because that's exactly how a caste system works. It's, and it's established by law. Yes. And this is exactly what we have in this country. And it's been like this ever since the very beginning. Absolutely. It didn't just, it didn't just evolve. It, it, was, it was created that way. Absolutely. So thank you very much for calling, David. You're, you, you had some great input for the day, sir, as usual. Okay. All right, folks, give us a call. 713-526-5738. 713-526-5738. The show today, debt, interest rates, the Constitution, and us. 
And Greg Palace, we hope, will be calling in at any time. I have some text messages from him that he would be calling in. But I guess, you know, every now and then with what's going on in Georgia, he may have been taken somewhere. Who knows? But anyhow, let's continue. Um, like I said, I still remember that I learned about the greatness of the United States Constitution. Again, even in Panama, where there were sovereign issues with the United States over the Canal Zone, we learned that. We learned that. I joined the board of Move to Amend, an organization committed to ensuring that money is not defined as speech and that corporations are no longer treated as persons. I met David Cobb there. He was one of the founders and board members of the organization and a former Green Party presidential candidate. David Cobb and I sat down to discuss the United States Constitution. I was talking about how great the Constitution was, not because of its past, but the elastic clause that allowed it to evolve. David shocked me, though. David said, and he sat me down. He said, that is only partially true. Egberto Cobb responded, the Constitution is a property rights document. And by the way, David Cobb is a lawyer. All right. He's a lawyer. He understands the wordiology, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm not a lawyer. I'm an engineer. So I, I defer where I need to defer, where I must defer. And he said the Constitution is a property rights document. It is not a human rights document. It could not even conceive that nature has rights. And just before I wrote this, I called David Kava because I said, hey, David, I'm going to be quoting you on the radio today. I want to make sure and get your definition correct because I don't want to mis mislead anybody of what this lawyer who ran for president of the United States had to say. So anyhow, David had a lot more to say. As I read the document and watched the performance of our industry, it all came into place. One should remember that at its inception, the document needed 10 amendments known as the Bill of Rights. If this document in its purity was all that, right? Would you have needed a Bill of Rights to specifically say, hey, human beings, human persons, you have the right to free speech, you have the right to assemble, you have the right for all these things. No, none of that was in the document. It had to be placed in the document to say we are going to give people some sort of inalienable individual rights. But it still, it still had issues, right? It still had issues. It also required modification to give more than three-fifths humanhood to some of its population deemed less than enslaved. Again, I knew all of this, but Somehow, the indoctrination works. The belief that we don't have to do anything else. All is perfect. All is great. This is just how things work. And that is the stupor that most of us are in. All of us. The vast majority of us. We just think that the lives that we're living today and the laws that were formed in the 1789 at the inception of the Constitution, that somehow that has relevance today, that somehow that is right, that is just how things are supposed to be. And I'm here to say, brothers, sisters, Republicans, Democrats, anarchists, not anarchists, conservatives, liberals, progressives, and everybody else, things do not have to be the way they are today. We have the option. We still have, and notice I say, we still have the right to vote. And some of that is what I would hope Brother, uh, Brother Pallas would be talking about whenever he gets a chance to call in. But again, we have the right to vote still. And while we have it, we better use it. Um, few will initially fail to see that the Constitution has to do with our, what the Constitution has to do with our debt, interest rates, the plight of the poor and the middle class, and more. But here are a couple teasers. Here are a couple teasers. President Biden signed an executive order to forgive the debt of poor and middle class citizens, an action often afforded corporations in some form or the other. Don't, didn't corporations used to get something known as a depletion allowance? Here's a funny thing. 
I want you guys to understand this. An oil company will drill a hole. They will drill a hole, pull petrocarbons out of the ground on public lands that they didn't put there, that the supreme being, whatever you believe in, put that oil there. They will drill and take oil out of there. They would profit from taking that oil out of there big time. If you're in public lands, they may give a little bit of a stipend or whatever to the government. But they'll take it right back. How? There was something known as the depletion allowance. And you know what the depletion allowance said? Hey, your reservoir is falling and therefore you can depreciate. It's not exactly depreciation. It's called a depletion allowance. But let's just use depreciation since people know that word. You depreciate that oil that you remove from the ground that you didn't put there in the first place. You're getting credit for having removed the oil above and beyond the profit that you're making from pulling oil out you had nothing to do with. And, you know, Eric believes that. Egberto, do you have drilling equipment to drill? No. Notice I said, notice I said it offsets profits. Profits come after the drilling equipment. Profit comes after all this stuff that you provide all together. So, folks, understand this. Understand this. I just brought up petroleum companies because it's an easy target. But all companies get all kinds of benefits that we the people provide them. But when, when we the people need relief, we don't get it. Again, they sued the president and they put the student loan of every student, every person who had a loan on hold because corporate-driven politicians, well, lawyers driven by uh, a group in this country decided that they don't want student loans to go away because it's a cash cow for them. If it's forgiven, all that interest rates that they have on their books for the future is gone. Again, because, just because they have the right. Just because they have the right. Uh, Palace just uh, call, uh, called me up and said that he will be calling in in a minute. He said he got lost track of time, so uh, he'll be coming in. But while we wait for Palace, and before I finish the article, I want to read what uh, uh, Jules Ray Winfield says. I actually learned a lot of my progressive values in that semester of sociology. Uh, and he said... Uh, in sociology, I, I, I kind of, my eyes went different. Sociology class in high school, which changed my whole perspective of class warfare in the United States. It was based on the social construct of India. Doesn't surprise me. I want to welcome all our people in the, in the chat right now. Wes Brain, Eric Hayes. Um, we have Jules Ware Winfield. We also have in the house um, Paul Fleming. Thank you guys for being there and all the great commentary that you're putting in there. It was proposed by Franklin Roosevelt, but it never caught steam due to the greed taking over our system and leaning towards tax breaks and trickle. A lot of people, if we were to get rid of the Constitution, what are we replace it with? But I know a great example, and, I, and it could start with the second Bill of Rights, as outlined by in Michael Moore's film, that would be the last guarantee. Um, he said he'll call in in 11 minutes. All right. Uh, so anyhow, um, so as, as, we're, as we're saying, uh, the, the second Bill of Rights was actually, Michael Moore talks about it, but it was actually written quite a few years ago, decades ago, by Franklin D. Roosevelt. And I, 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 I challenge you to go to my website, egbertowillis.com, and search for Second Bill of Rights, because I wrote an article on Franklin Roosevelt's Second Bill of Rights. And if we were just to live up to that, Americans would be doing great. We have here from El Señor, uh, let's see, Tori says, feudalism is a transfer of wealth, a type of socialism for the rich. What the U.S. is. Wow. Prescient. Uh, elaborate on that real quickly before that other call comes in, my friend. I, I'd love for you to hear that. 
Well, you know, uh, socialism is all about transfer of wealth. We think of it as being transfer of wealth from the rich to the poor, but it can go both ways. And that's basically the scheme of the U.S. It's a modern update on feudalism, but without a king, where the business class takes over from the king. So, you know, it's all about the, you know, the wealthy folks, you know, from the very beginning, you know, from the Constitution. Days. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that, it, it is a shame, right? Because Americans have been fooled into believing that we have a meritocracy. And, a merito and, and as, as David pointed out, there are several shows that I do where I try to tell Americans that what we are is not a meritocracy, but a class system where you're invited. People, I'm not talking about the guy who owns a pizza shop or the guy who owns a Domino's or the guy who owns one of these, these you know, their private, I mean, that it, in the scheme of wealth in this country, that's chump change. The, the mega wealthy you don't know about, they just exist and they finance everything that you see. Think about that. You know, um, I, I, watched a, I watched an interesting piece on TikTok and, and, TikTok has a lot of folks who decided that they want to do some of what we're doing here, uh, Tori, and that is they've, they've, they've said, we want to make a difference in our society. We want to inform people and not just have them informed on, you know, what the mass media wants you to know. And there was this interview that, uh, or this, this question that this woman asked, uh, I don't remember the panelists, and they said, how comes the United States can owe so much money? You know, we are supposed to be a debtor. We owe a lot of money. We borrow a lot. Nowhere close to what the, the different countries in Africa borrow. But the countries in Africa, they suffer through the uh, International Monetary Fund in paying back these loans in American dollars, while America never have to suffer for having loans in American dollars. Why? Because they have a sovereign currency. So they never have to, the, the, the person said, America never has to pay its debt back. But African companies, Asian companies, Latin American countries will have to pay their debts back. And they often US pay dollars. those debts back in their patrimony because the collateral is their coal fields and their forests and their water rights. And that's what they have to give up when they can't pay back their debts. And so it's almost a, it's a neoliberal scheme. I mean, it's a conspiracy in order to, you know, extract natural resources. Nothing new about that. That's the last 500 years of history. But now they do it uh, with contracts instead of uh, gunboats. Right, exactly right. It, 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 it's a shame. Um, you know, Eric, you and I really have to go ahead and drink some coffee together. Quit teaching victimology. Um, vic let, let, let's, let's I, I want to show the difference. And, and I have a, a very conservative friend that, that's, that shows up to our chats every single day. And he has a lot to say. And I think Roberto Lewis, welcome to Politics and Right. And he has a lot to say. And what irks me about what he does say sometimes is the following. Um, whenever we have the corporatocracy do us harm, right? We complain, right? And the response that many would like to, to, to capture that complaint in, the bubble they would like to capture that complaint in for having been wronged, is to say you're, 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 you're making yourself a victim, which is not what I am doing here. I am trying to tell folks, use your vote... Use your power to dismantle those who are doing you harm. It's not about victimology. It's about showing or illustrating, folk, illustrating to folks not to be victims. Let's get that right, Mr. Hayes. We don't want folks to be victims. We don't want folks to believe they must live with 075 percent interest rates increasing every single month. We don't want people to believe that they are obliged to have mortgages that must go through the roof because of a constitution that allows the corporation better access to the system. We don't want those things. And we're telling folks, how can you prevent these things from happening? That's not victimhood. That's making sure we all remember we are all already empowered, Mr. Hayes. So with, with all due respect, 
we are not trying to promote victimhood. We are promoting liberation from being a victim. If you understand, if you get my drift. Bridge MCP is also in the house. Welcome, Bridge. He says, Egberto Willis, then Trump just say he wanted to get rid of the Constitution, except maybe the Fifth Amendment. Yes, he did. Uh, part of being victim is results of policy decisions. Yes, exactly. And what we're trying to tell them is how to get away from that. Melissa Noble says, Melissa is a great supporter of KPFT as well. She says, I have, I have building materials for house repairs and food costs and the constantly escalating property taxes on my mind. Good thing I eat simply and live a frugal and repurposed lifestyle. However, it surely makes it hard to donate in the variety. Let me tell you something. Um, believe it or not, all of that is what it's all about. Let, let me give an example, and then I'll, I'll go back clearly to finish our essay of the day. Remember, uh, a lot of people mentioned that the Biden stimulus created inflation. Uh, Biden gave several, I guess, a couple thousand dollars to every American citizen, right? And they want to say created inflation. And I've denied it over and over again because I didn't want to define inflation the way most people would define inflation. I didn't want to define inflation as corporate ripoff or corporate uh, what they call abuses of pricing. I didn't want to do that off the hand. But the persons who would say, the persons who would say that that increase in monies that were given to people are, in fact, inflationary. I'm saying they're partially right. They're partially right. Because many corporations are inherent, the leaders, the executives in many corporations are inherently evil, the monies given to the citizenry by the Biden administration could have caused a part of inflation as indicated by Representative Katie Porter. About 40% or so of inflation is because people had, not 40%, actually it's less than that uh, because some of it is a supply chain, but people had extra cash in their pockets. So when an oil company saw that you had extra dollars in your pocket, even though they did not have a shortage of oil, a shortage of gasoline, they said, well, if we raise our prices because Biden has more money in those people's pockets, they will still buy our product. They will complain, but they will still buy it because they have the money to buy it. So as Melissa Noble says, instead of her excess few dollars that's in her pocket now, she got, a, she got breathing room. She can now give to the Red Cross. She can now give to the Heart Association. She can now give to the KPFTs of the world, public broadcasting, etc. She would have the wherewithal to do that. But now, the oil corporations know they sell a commodity that people must have, gasoline. So they say, we don't have a gasoline shortage, but people have money. Okay, instead of giving your money to the Heart Foundation, we'll just take that money away from you. Raise the prices of gasoline. Nowhere in America was there a shortage of gasoline. But they raised those prices, my brothers and my sisters. They raised it. They weren't going to allow you to save that money. They weren't going to allow you to invest that money. They weren't going to allow you to do anything with that money other than taking it away. And people say, oh, come on, they don't think like that. Of course they think like that. Listen to their board meetings. They said that this inflation has been the best thing that happened to them. There are executives on calls recorded that have said, this inflation is good for us. And you know why it's good for them? Their cost has not changed the cost of the corporation has not changed. The bar As I mentioned several times, the price of oil really went down because there was an oversupply. There was a glut of oil on the market, and it's playing out right now, as you can see. But they knew that you had money, and they took it. And then to have a few conservatives in my room, conservatives in my chat room right now that I love dearly, Defending these people that are ripping them off dry shows you the indoctrination, the psychological impairment 
that these people have applied to the American psyche. Brothers and sisters, hear our words. These are all verifiable and quantifiable. Please hear our words. 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. You can hit the number two. We are taking calls. So far, we've had two, David and Ray. But feel free to give us a call. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what I just said. I'd love to hear, are you ready to unindoctrinate yourself? Are you ready to take command of your own life? Continuing with my essay. A few will initially fail to see that the Constitution ha- what the Constitution has to do with our debt, interest rates, and the plight of the poor. Well, they are using that to deny, to deny El Señor Biden the ability to forgive those loans. Right? That's one item. Second one, the corporations are responsible for the supply chain problems, shipping our jobs overseas, and price gouging, all causing inflation. And we, the American people, are responsible for carrying the burden of cleaning up their mess by paying higher prices and paying interest rates that are higher. But wait a minute. Um, you're putting on our backs the mistakes that these guys have made and allowed them to, con- to, to, to continue doing so from a legal perspective. Remember what I said David Cobb had to say. The Constitution is a property rights document that has no concern about human rights. I repeat, no concern about human rights. A few sessions ago, I made a mention and I said, the judiciary, the the American populace was getting much more progressive in their thoughts. And I'm not talking progressive as an ideology. I'm talking about progressive values. We want child care. We want health care. We want all these things that we all pay for as a collective. We all pay for these things as a collective as it is right now. And we want it. We want it. We don't want the excess profits going for insurance companies that are charging in excess of 30%. I know you want to say 18% is a max they can charge. Through the back door, 30%. We don't want that anymore. We want everybody to get a card and be able to, to humanely get health care. If you're sick, you don't have to worry that you're going to lose everything that you've worked for all of your life. Imagine a heart, uh, getting a heart uh, bypass costs you over $100,000. Some people don't even have $10,000 sitting back in the bank. They have to mortgage their homes for that. And why? Because we allow that. That's the reason why. So what I must tell you, folks, is let's get busy. And we're not victims. We are not victims. We are in control. All right. Greg Palace, how are you doing, my brother? <laughs> well, hang on, that sound. Not, uh, it could be better. It could be I'm better. I know you're the- working your you-know-what off out there in Georgia trying to make sure that that election <laughs> goes the right way, right? Well, I can't do much about that, but I can report on it. Uh, and... Uh, you know, um, the, it's a three-way race here. Wait, wait, in, hold on a second, Greg. Hold on, hold on. I need to bring you in appropriately. Uh, okay. Welcome, folks. Greg Palace is an investigative journalist. He's out there in, Houston, in, in Atlanta, Georgia right now reporting on the race between Warnock and Walker. He's reporting about the voter suppression that's occurring, and he also has a new documentary out called... Uh, and I, I've got it right in front of me. Called what again? Vigilante, Called. George's vote suppression hitman. And I should say, by the way, very important. Write this down. Pull out your pencils, markers, or whatever you use to, uh, or your, or yourselves, and, and put this in. Vigilantemovie.com. Vigilantemovie.com. Uh, a Texan uh, named Jamie Fox has paid for it to be available free online. For the next two days. So it's vigilantemovie.com. And uh, actually, it was interesting because Jamie Foxx, when he saw the vote suppression, the story of, of vote suppression 
and and uh, racism mm-hmm. in the in the film. Right. He said that's my story from Texas. There you go. So if you want to see a Texas story, even though it's labeled Georgia, go to vigilantemovie.com. He's bought you the ticket. You have to bring your own popcorn. It's only about an hour long. It's a short, short-ish doc. Well, but I, it tells you what the heck is going on here, and it ain't democracy. You know, What's I haven't happening? had the time to watch it here, Greg, but I, I heard I heard you yeah, on, you, on, on, on... You can do it free now. Hey, yeah. you got it. <laughs> there you go. I heard it this morning. I heard you this morning on Tom Hartman, and then I said, I yep. better call you up because we need to get this information out today. Anyway, tell me what's going on in Atlanta. Okay, what's going on in Atlanta and all over this state is that um, the Republican legislature and the Republican governor, Brian Kemp, do not trust the voters to make the right decision. Uh, So instead of democracy, they have uh, last two years ago, Reverend Warnock became uh, won the Senate seat special election, which is why he's running again now in only two years. Um, And he won with a massive mail-in vote and a massive uh, early voting in a runoff two years ago, in January of 2021. Right. And he, he won three quarters of a million votes uh, mailed in, more than two to one. So he wa- picked up almost half a million votes, uh, a win in the mail-in vote. Mm-hmm. He crushed the in-person voting on early voting. And he slightly lost the uh, on-the-day voting in, in uh, southern Georgia, where there is, you know, it's a kind of white, uh, uh, kind of redneck, red Georgia. Right. And, uh, but they were shocked because he and John Ossoff, uh, the uh, other Democrat running, swept Georgia. So you had Biden win, you had, uh, and two Democrats win the Senate. Not only two Democrats, but two very progressive Democrats, an African-American and a Jewish-American win. Right. This shocked the GOP in Georgia, and frankly, it shocked the Democratic Party because they had nothing <laughs> to do with it. So it's the voters and the voting rights organizations. So what's going on now? And I'll give you the short on it which is that because Warnock won the mail-in vote, crushed the mail-in vote, Mm -hmm. and that's how he got into office, they basically outlawed the mail-in vote. They virtually outlawed early voting. So last year, they had 60 days for the runoff. There were 17 days of early voting. So basically, almost three weeks of, of early voting. This time, they crushed it to five um, days. Voting rights groups went in and won a couple more days. So now it's, in some counties it's seven. But they basically took went from 17 days to seven days of early voting. So that that means, by the way, you want to vote early. And uh, you have to wait in line for two hours because they basically knocked off most of the early voting. And then they made mail-in voting almost impossible. That increases the line and the difficulty of voting enormously. How, why do I mean that they made mail-in voting and absentee balloting almost impossible? Well, if you only have 28 days, there's just not enough time for people, for the counties to print the ballots, send them out, get them back, and record it in time. And unlike other states, I know in Texas, you basically outlawed mail-in voting, and they saw that, so that's what Georgia imitated. But like in California, in most states, if you mail in your ballot, if it's postmarked by election day, it gets counted. In Georgia, they have to receive it. So there's just no time. Right. And so in the general election, they made it tough to mail in the vote. And the mail-in vote dropped by 83%. Wow. And remember, this is the African-American and progressive vote. It's the mail-in vote. It dropped by 83% because they made it so difficult. This time, they've, it's, the mail-in vote has been crushed by over 90%. Wow. has been lost. 90% of the mail-in vote is gone. So that, and that again is Warnock's vote. The early voting days were crushed by two-thirds. And now, dig this. You can't take, one of the reasons they stopped mail-in voting is that you used to be able to take your mail-in ballot and put it in a drop box. Right. But, the, you know, it's just because you have to have it postmarked by a certain time, they didn't trust the post office, so... There's no time, literally, to mail it back, so you put it in a drop box. They created a law, SB 202, within weeks after Warnock's victory two years ago. They created a law, SB 202, passed a law, signed by Brian Kemp, the Republican governor, that said 
that you can't have more. You can't have more drop boxes. You can only have one drop box per 100,000 active voters. <laughs> 100,000 voters have to share the same ballot drop box. 100,000 active voters. They're not population, active voters. One drop box. So basically, who's, you can't use it. What's the then justification for that? And, and, and it only applies, are you ready for this? This only applies to the four counties that make up Atlanta. It doesn't apply to those southern counties, which are strong red Republican. So you can't, basically you can't use any drop boxes in Atlanta. And just in case you try to use the drop box, like right now, it's Monday, the day before the election, you have your absentee ballot, you filled it out, when you go to put it in the drop box, it ain't there. They, they said you could only use a drop box during early voting hours, and they moved the drop box from outside the buildings, which had cameras and security, to inside, and they're locked away. And they are now locked away for today. So if you have your absentee ballot, you can't put it in a drop box. Now, isn't, they, isn't that they illegal? Isn't that Ill- unconstitutional if they have special laws yeah. for certain, certain areas in the county? Oh, yeah. Well, what they... <laughs> I... Yeah, where is the Justice Department? Well, the Justice Department said that's not nice, and they're in a general court. But I, we have, if you go to gregpalace.com, gregpalace.com, you'll see a complaint written to the Justice Department, uh, which was launched by Black Gwinnett Magazine. Gwinnett is the big uh, suburban uh, county of Atlanta, which is uh, in the majority non-white mm-hmm. now. And they've put in a complaint, and you see it at gregpalace.com, which says, Please, Justice Department, make them unlock the drop boxes. I mean, they're literally saying it's just like having black drinking fountains. The black drop boxes are locked away, literally. That, Greg, they'll be locked away tomorrow on Election Day. Greg, that is a shame. Uh, look, I'm, I'm up on time right now. So what I want to ask you to do for me, Greg, uh, is uh, do two things in, in a minute. First, tell us uh, what's, what you think is going to be the outcome. But secondly, how do we solve this problem for 24? All in one minute. Okay, you got Okay, no one can tell what will happen. If it weren't for Jim Crow, Warnock wouldn't even be in a runoff. He'd have already been reelected. But no one can tell the effect of these Jim Crow tactics. So it's, it's up in the air. That's one. Number two, how do we stop it? We don't let our guard down. We fight. Two things I want you to do, go to gregpalace.com. There's that complaint. Add your name to the complaint. It's everyone's, at, everyone's uh, U.S. Senate is at stake in that election tomorrow. You have a right to complain when Jim Crow tactics are determining the election, not the voters. So go to gregpalace.com, add your name, stay informed. And then I'm just asking you to watch a movie. How difficult is that? Go to vigilantemovie.com. And I guarantee there's lots of crazy laughs in there, and there's... A lot of brutal stuff in there, too. And you get it all. Just bring your popcorn. Jamie Foxx, fellow your Texan, has paid for this movie to be free for you. So go to vigilantemovie.com. You get a link. You put in your email address. They send you a link. You can get the movie, watch it online. And I guarantee you'll enjoy the movie. Well, horrified, you'll be informed. Greg Palace, investigative reporter, uh, now in Georgia, handling that difficult election. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. As usual, Greg, you are always informative and give us a whole lot of hope, brother. Thank you so much. See Have a later. wonderful day. All right, folks, that was Greg Palace. We all know Greg for uh, the, all that great work that he's done throughout this country. I want to uh, salute Melissa Noble and all the others that are E2247 uh, and West Brain, uh, Lee Grant, uh, and all the others that I wasn't able to respond to on the on the chat. You guys were humping on that chat today. Thank you so kindly. Thank you for the callers that are coming in, that came in. I hope uh, on Wednesday we'll be able to further discuss a lot of these issues. Anyway, folks, I want to tell you, uh, don't forget, go to politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter if you're interested in uh, reading the, le- the newsletter that covered the show for today. And don't forget to go to kpft.org to support this wonderful station that is out there putting out you know what. That necessary information we're all hoping for. We are going to have to get out of here in the next few seconds. So I want to let you know my name is Egberto Willies. This is Politics Done Right. 
And you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.